Right, I'm just going to have a drink of water, as you've probably heard, my voice was definitely going <laughs> halfway through that set of, um, set of worship. Um, so yeah, obviously we're here, we're in the round, and um, Mike is kind of inviting me to share a few kind of thoughts um, with everyone tonight. So here it goes. Um, so before we're going to continue a bit later on in worship, and um, we're going to pray for one another, we're going to seek God for one another. I'm going to unpack a few things. So I was kind of thinking this week, what makes it so exciting to come to church? Is it perhaps the coffee? Or is it the new toilets? Or is it even um, maybe Owen dressing up every Sunday? (laughs) Which he seems to be in a very strange habit of kind of doing at the moment. We need to perhaps pray for him later. But uh, Owen's not even here to take the joke, which is (laughs) slightly sad. Um, is it all these things, or is it maybe even our favourite song, when my favourite song happens um, on a Sunday? Are these things the thing that actually we look forward to the most? And I want to kind of say tonight that although these things are great, actually, they're not enough. They're not enough, really, to make us come to church. And actually, we can get really distracted by these things, and um, we can actually ultimately meet out missing a meeting with God even in a church I know it's hard to believe but we can miss God in a church and I kind of want to just share a little quote from Shakespeare I was an English literature student so bear with me for a second while I quote some Shakespeare but he kind of talks about names in his play Romeo and Juliet and Juliet famously says what's in a name that which we call a rose by any other word would smell as sweet. So Juliet sort of, she's saying, well, actually, Romeo's great. He's very lovely. I really fancy Romeo. Surely it's fine. Like, what's in a name? Actually, he's lovely. However, she's got this kind of dilemma that Romeo is part of the Montague family, and the Montague family are the kind of opposite um, feuding family of the Capulets, and Juliet is a Capulet. So we've got a bit of a problem that Romeo's name causes this dilemma, and his name ultimately signifies a lot. And we have this thing with names, that names, they carry quite a lot of symbolic meaning, um, I think all of us, hopefully tonight, will have a name. <laughs> and this is just me. Um, Pete has a name, certainly. I've got a laugh from him. So, <laughs> um, And our parents have thought about um, what to call us. What name are they going to give us when they see us, maybe for the first time, or maybe they've thought about it for months in advance. Names actually carry a lot of meaning. And the name of God signifies um, no less. And actually, I would say carries the most meaning and there's a moment in Exodus which I'm going to get my Bible for Um, there's a moment in Exodus where um, God himself clearly unpacks his name and you might have heard the name Yahweh Um, is there some nods is Yahweh a familiar term we sing Yahweh in songs do we actually know what it means (laughs) is another question Um, but Yahweh means I am And we have this moment where Yahweh um, is said again in this passage repeatedly. And actually, our translations often have taken the the Lord and they've not put Yahweh in. But when we see the Lord, particularly in the Old Testament, um, we can put Yahweh in instead. 
and our God um, unpacks his name for us in this moment. So the moment that I want to sort of point us to, and um, Dave, if you're being very kind to me, and I say to all my visuals team that people shouldn't do this to you, but I'm doing this to you. Um, if you wouldn't mind getting Exodus 34, verses 5 to 7, that'll make me very happy. <laughs> Thank you. So we've got this moment where um, the Lord reveals his name to Moses and um, the Lord has just given Moses a replacement for um, the two stone tablets in which the covenant um, has been given because the, the two, sto- two stone tablets had already been broken so the Lord's giving Moses a new set. And before I just say this passage, this passage is one of the most repeated passages. The Bible kind of requotes it. It requotes itself quite a lot. And we sort of have this, um, all these phrases are repeated in Psalms and in um, the prophet Joel and in Jonah um, and in Deuteronomy. We have this passage kind of taken apart and repeated, um, which I would say means it's very important to listen to. So it's Exodus 34. Great, I've given a bit of time. And... Um, I'll just pick it up from verse 5. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and stood there with him and proclaimed his name, the Lord. And he passed in front of Moses, proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. So this is God, he's speaking about himself. And it's the first time that he's actually unpacked what does the name Yahweh mean? And Yahweh, we can gather, is actually much greater than just one word. Um, He's saying quite kind of profound things, quite bold statements about himself. He's saying he's compassionate, he's gracious, he's slow to anger. These are huge promises in a person to say, Um, about themselves and God is a person the other thing I kind of find quite interesting in this particular passage it says in verse 5 that um, that the Lord stood there with him that he came down in a cloud and he stood there with Moses and he proclaimed his name and for a second I just thought doesn't this actually remind us of Jesus the fact that Jesus comes down to earth as a baby and then he becomes God with us. He becomes Emmanuel. And Jesus, we see in him that he's compassionate, he's gracious, he's forgiving. We see all these things in Jesus in a really clear way. And I think when we see the Lord come down to Moses, when we see the Lord come down in the person of Jesus, we see how God actually wants us to really know his character. He wants also to be known um, by him. He wants us to be known by him. He's so much so that he's willing to actually humble himself. He's willing to sort of step down to our level and to meet us sort of where we are, meet our needs of redemption as we see in Jesus and meet our needs in relationship as well. So why does God want us to know him. 
There's an early church father um, called St. Augustine. I don't know if anyone's heard of St. Augustine. There's a few kind of nods. Um, And he wrote a book called Confessions. And there's this really beautiful phrase um, where he's, he's written, You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you. And I think Augustine sees um, a really profound truth, actually. We've been made for God. We've been made to abide in him. We've been made to dwell in his presence. And I think so often when I don't seek God and I don't um, put God as my first port of call whenever I need um, help or, or even when I'm actually in a, in a really good place, when I just ignore God, <laughs> I'm forgetting about him. I, and I'm sure we, um, we, we try and we, we end up sort of feeling disappointed or feeling perhaps like lost, like we've gone off track. And then we come back to God and we actually realise what we've been missing. And I think the world wants to say to us all the time, like actually that it can satisfy us. But I think we all, um, those of us who've like met with God, um, have this sense of um, our hearts being restless until they actually meet with God, until we actually feel his peace, we actually feel his joy again, until our hearts kind of find their home again in God. And we talk as well like here at church that we're a big family, um, but a big family, I would add to that, needs a home, and our home is God. So tonight, do we know that God is our home? That he's a home of compassion, a home of grace, a home of forgiveness, a home of abounding love? I don't know, as I'm sort of even saying these um, amazing characteristics of God, maybe these uh, are starting to stir upon your hearts. Actually, I do need grace. Actually, I do need a fresh sense of his abounding love or of his compassion. And I would say that God is calling us as we gather together. He's calling us to come home and to meet with him again and to bring our lives before him again. So hopefully that just gives you a kind of thought about, well, who is, who is the God that we worship? We're going to continue in a second, because <laughs> that's all I have to say, um, to worship God, to seek him. But I just want you to just keep, um, keep thinking about, actually, do I know the God that I worship? Do I need a, a fresh revelation of who he is? Have I actually not experienced his peace, perhaps, or his joy? Because I do believe that God wants to meet with every single one of us tonight, even those of us who just don't feel like um, we're kind of in a good place. There is never a good place. <laughs> we can never put ourselves in a good place to meet with God. Um, that's the whole point of Jesus coming down to meet us. So I just want to invite us um, in this next kind of time where we're just waiting on the Holy Spirit um, to be uh, open to what God has for you personally tonight.